Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thank you for joining us for our special service on Emmanuel, God with us. This morning I want to take a look at the Christmas story, but it may not be the Christmas story that you're the most familiar with. I want you to think about a puzzle. I want to think about uh, just the way that if you were to take a puzzle and dump it out on a table, what it would look like. You have pieces scattered everywhere. You have just all the different things that you're trying to figure out to make it look like the picture that you have in front of you. I remember growing up and watching my mom. She would put together these just massive puzzles. And I'm not talking about just a 100, 200 piece puzzles. I'm talking about 1,000 piece puzzles. And as I would come by there just each day, I would see uh, just how she would begin to have all the pieces facing up. And then she'd have them separated out into some different piles. She'd have the sides laid out, and then she'd have corners. And then she'd begin to have a few pieces put together here and there. And then, you know, as time went on, you would see more and more of the puzzle coming together. You'd have a whole corner done, and then you'd have a big patch over here. And then before you knew it, all you had left was just a few pieces. And as those pieces got put in, it came down to that last piece. And when it was put down... You could see the completed puzzle look just like the picture of the image that you were trying to put together. The scripture is like a puzzle, a beautiful and magnificent puzzle that is pieced together one verse at a time. Most of us know the Christmas story that's recorded in Luke chapter 2 and in Matthew. I want to challenge you to dig into scripture. The more pieces of the puzzle that you see, the deeper that you dig, the more you gather. You're able to see more and more of it together. For instance, Isaiah 7:14 lays it out and says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Another piece you may see is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, where it says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the, gov the, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You continue and you start to see all these different pieces coming together that have to do with the birth of Christ. You see another one in Jeremiah 23, 5. It says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up from David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely, wisely he will reign and do what is just and right in the land. Like I said, it's a puzzle, a beautiful and magnificent puzzle that as these pieces come together, it comes together one verse at a time. The story that you see in Luke chapter 2 is incredible. It's a very focused picture. It's a ground level in the moment picture of the birth of Christ and the events that surround it. It's amazing to see just this earthly picture that we have. But today I want to look at another story. The Christmas story I want to read and talk about this morning is one that will go to a, a, a higher level. Instead of being on the ground, let's go up 500, maybe 1,000 foot, and let's see more of the picture. Let's look and see more of the puzzle to what it's going to look like. The Christmas story that we're going to look at is, is going to be able to help us to understand why why we need a savior to be born and the events that surrounded it. Let's pray and we'll dive into the scripture. Father, I pray that this morning you would just speak. God, that your word would come alive. Father, that you would help our hearts to be attentive 
to see what it is that you desire for each one of us to glean from your scripture today. Father, I pray that you would just allow the words that you desire to come out of my mouth to come out. And Father, the ones that you want to hold in, Father, you keep them back. Father, I pray that your spirit would speak into each individual heart today as we look at your word and dive in to see this incredible Christmas puzzle that you've put together for us. Father, we thank you and we praise you. It's your name. Amen. I want to start out by looking and reading uh, Revelation chapter 12. This Christmas story is found in Revelation 12, and it says this. It says, A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with sun, with a moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven, horn, seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he may devour her child the moment that it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place that was prepared to her by God, where she spent uh, and was taken care of for 1260 days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. They lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down the ancient servant called the devil, Satan, who leads the world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I, hear, I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God, of our God, and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of the brothers who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love God their lives so much as to shrink back from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. I want to take a minute and just look at this passage because Revelation 12 is a great redemptive story of the Bible. It's a great picture. It's a great piece of the puzzle that we get to see of how God desires to give us the opportunity to know him that much more. The Christmas story does not begin in a town called Bethlehem. It begins years earlier in a garden called Eden. The, certain, the serpent tempted, man fell, and God promised. God's promise starts at the beginning of Genesis it's expanded upon in Genesis 12 through 18 when he makes the covenant with Abraham. And he goes even deeper in expanding it more with David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. You get more and more of these pieces of the puzzle that begin to come together that culminate into what we are going to be celebrating as Christmas Day. It goes even further in Isaiah and other books of the prophets as well as so many other places in the Old Testament. God's promise is about to be fulfilled. If you look back at verse 1 in chapter 12, we're going to break down each of these passages a little bit. 
It says, a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and with the crown of these 12 stars in her head. She was pregnant and she cried out in pain. It lays out and, and some say that this woman is an image of Mary. Some say that this is an image of Israel as they were fighting against the enemy to do the things that God had called them to do. Both of these things are, are very relevant with where we are in, in, in the time and how we have to deal with what we have going on even today. As you look at this, this image of Mary, it, it lays out that she has these 12 stars that are there on her head, representative of the 12 nations, the 12 tribes of Israel. You can see even the description that there is in Genesis 37 as it begins to lay out you know, more detail about this account. The reality is this. It's a circular argument. Jesus was sent by God to keep God's promise to us through Israel and through Mary. And so as you walk through that, as you see through that, it's a circular argument. The, the truth is that there was a pregnancy that happened, a virgin birth, and Jesus was born out of pain and agony from Mary. From there, you see a great picture of the Old Testament and Israel. The pain and the agony of years and years of separation of the way that they walked away from God, the way that they were in prison, the way that they betrayed God's word. And you see how God continued to woo them back to himself over and over again. For centuries, Israel longed for a savior. For centuries, they prayed and they would seek to ask God to please keep his word of sending that Savior. God promised that he would send a Savior and we can trust him to keep his word. You can see in verse 3, John sees another sign in heaven. It says, another sign appeared, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, these crowns on his head. And you can see just the way that the dragon is used 13 different times in Revelation as it describes Satan. I'm not going to get into all the possible meanings of the different numbers and the different things that are laid out there. What is clear is this, that Satan was present and he is not happy about the birth of this son that is coming. You can see in verse 4 where he, began, he, he laid it out and it said that he swept a third of the stars. He took a third of the angels that were in heaven with him. He deceived them. He deceived them and he took them with him. He caused them to betray what God had created them for as well. The ability to be, be able to see who was Lucifer, a great deceiver. Ezekiel even talks about how beautiful that he was. Deceivingly divisive though. He even caused a third of those angels to be swept from heaven and to follow him and to turn their backs on God. We see the dragon take its spot in front as the baby is about to be born. Remember these puzzle pieces. They all start in Genesis. If you go back to Genesis 3, you see where God began to lay it out and say, this promise would happen between this war from man and the enemy. And this was a promise that God made and said, these things will continue to happen. Satan desired to prevent this child from coming into this world. You can see through Scripture in the Old Testament, he deceived Cain into killing Abel. He deceived Pharaoh into trying to kill all of the babies in uh, the Hebrew babies that were born in an effort to take out Moses. He attempted to use Saul to kill David. He tried to destroy the house of Judah. 
He tried to use and to wipe out Esther and all the Jews. You can see time and time again the lineage of Jesus, how the enemy wanted so much to destroy that entire lineage so that Jesus would have no choice and no chance of even ever being born. But he failed. He even tried to use Herod the Great to kill Jesus once he was born. But guess what? He failed. You see in verse 5 and 6 that she gave birth to a son, one who would rule with an iron scepter, which continues to fulfill that scripture. Some believe that the, the battle and these things that happened, the way that the woman, she fled it to, the, uh, to the desert for 1,260 days, is a picture of how Mary fled with Jesus to Egypt for that period of time. Some believe that you know there's a lot of different things that happen here that are um, image of what had happened in the past, but also what could happen in the future. There's a lot of great things as you dive into it. You see these puzzle pieces come together. As you begin to see some of the pieces come together, the picture begins to be more and more evident. David Platt says this, the birth of Christ on that day in Bethlehem inaugurated the death of this ancient serpent just as it had been promised way back in Genesis. The Christmas war has begun. As you look into verse 7 and 8, it says there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil, uh, who is Satan, who is, leads the whole world astray, was hurled down and his angels with him. Some believe that this time of war happened at the fall of man. Others believe that this time of war, when this is being described by John here in Revelation, happened when Jesus was born. Some believe that it happened when Jesus died, and some believe that it is to happen in the future. Uh, I can look and I can see in all of these ways how it can be used in each of these areas, and, and I think that as you look at this and as you dive in, as you see more of the picture come together, you can see how this is one description of multiple events that have happened and will continue to happen as we continue to fight against this enemy. You can see in the Old Testament where Satan would come and he's called right here the accuser of man. You can see in Job 1 and 2 where he goes and he, he says, yeah, God, but Job is doing this only because you have done this. And so Satan has access to the Father. You can see that. He has access to the Father through the Old Testament where he would go to God and he would, he would, he would accuse the people of God. And God would say, I will allow you to tempt them. They can be tested. But what happens is this. As you continue to see what is going on here, I want you to imagine that access being denied. I want you to imagine this peaceful night where you have shepherds in the field, where you have a pregnant woman and her husband to come to this inn, and this baby is to be born, but there's no room there. I want you to imagine just the way that as they go in and, and as she is put in this area to have this baby, the stillness and the quietness and the peacefulness that there is all around what's going on on earth there. But as that peacefulness is going on, 
you can see that there is a war absolutely raging with what we cannot see. The angels that are there that are fighting against the enemy. If you can imagine how much Satan wanted to destroy and keep Jesus from ever being born. All these things that he had done. Why? Because God had promised that he would send a savior to this world. And that's exactly what happened that peaceful night in Bethlehem. From then on, I believe that his access was limited. They were defeated. It says that he was cast out of heaven and down to the dominion of the earth. Several times in the New Testament, you can see that Satan is now described as the tempter of man. Verse 9, it says that he leads the whole world astray. He no longer has access to the Father to accuse. Now he is only here to attempt. They are banished from heaven and denied access to God. But remember, there are many more pieces to this puzzle. The crucifixion of man cannot have happened without first having the birth of this baby. The birth of Jesus Christ set into motion the banishment of our enemy. We have a defeated enemy. Do not empower a defeated enemy in your life. He is a liar, and in fact, Jesus himself calls him the father of lies in John 8, 44. Remember, God promised salvation. Do you see more of the pieces of the puzzle here? Do you see more than just a baby laying in a manger? Do you see more than just some of these corners and some of the outlying pieces putting together? Do you see more of the pieces of the picture of coming together through this puzzle that you see verse by verse in Scripture? Do you see the puzzle? Remember, God promised salvation. What is salvation? Look at verse 10 through 12. It says this, I heard a loud voice and it has come, salvation and power and the kingdom of God, the authority of his Christ. He's laid it out and said, he has come. Salvation has been settled through the birth, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Victory has been declared. It's absolutely available. He lays it out and said that it has been overcome by the blood of the land and by the word of their testimony. It even says that people have the ability to be so strong in the testimony they have about their life with Christ, about their story, they're willing to take it even to the point of death. So many have been martyred for the name of Jesus Christ. What will you do with it? What will you do with this gift that has been given to you? Who will you share it with? Who will you walk it out with? God's promise of salvation was a declaration of war in Genesis. The Old Testament is the battleground that is being laid. The birth of Christ is a warning shot to the enemy. Peace to all men, but all heaven is about to break loose with what is about to happen on the realms of this earth. The life of Christ in the perfect picture is the battle plan that he lived. You can see the death of Jesus was the Trojan horse to the enemy. The final cry of Jesus on the cross where he laid it out and said, it's the war cry, it is finished. The war cry of our Savior. From there you can see just the way that he laid down his life in perfection so that we could have a perfect picture of that Savior that God had promised 
so many years earlier. God kept his promise that he made over 3,500 years earlier. Then you have the resurrection. The resurrection was the final condemning blow to our enemy. Death, hell, and the grave have been defeated. Remember the puzzle. It all started with a promise. The promise of a Savior that was born on Christmas Day. I hope that this picture gives you more of that whole picture of what Jesus really means in his birth. I hope that it challenges you to dive into Scripture. I hope that it challenges you to see and to know and to think about more than just a baby laying in a manger this Christmas season. Our enemy knows that he has a short time left here. His fight will only intensify against the followers of Jesus. But be sure of this. He failed at destroying the Son of God, and he will fail at destroying you and I. I want you to dive into the Scriptures. I hope that even this Christmas season you'll open up Luke chapter 2 and read that story of the birth of Christ with your family. Read it by yourself. Take time to reflect and to see more of the picture of what's going on, not only on the earthly realms but also in the heavenly realms, to see how much God desires and cares for you and desires to have that real and genuine relationship with you because he says this, therefore rejoice. He lays it out and said that the enemy is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. The battle has been won. We already know the outcome. We have the ability to be able to see these pictures come together through these pieces of the puzzle. The piece of the puzzle of Jesus being born, Jesus living a perfect and sinless life, and Jesus giving us that gift like it lays out in John 3.16. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall be saved. He didn't come into this world to condemn it. He came in this world to save it and to set it free. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this morning, God, that you would use your word to draw people closer to yourself. Father, if there are people out here who are wondering what this Christmas season is even about, I pray that your word would ring true to them. Give them the opportunity to see and to know more about who you are and the relationship you desire to have with them. Father, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, God, I pray that you would use us and the lives of our friends and our families that will be around. God, I pray that you'll use us to be a picture, an image, just like that puzzle, an image in our lives of who you are. Father, I pray that your word would continue to be glorified and honored through all of it. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From the cross, Loganville, and the staff here, we hope and pray that you will have a Merry Christmas to yours and to all of yours. We love you and we thank God for you. Thank you guys and have an incredible, incredible Christmas. Hey, thank you so much for watching the message. Uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it. And just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we wanna see you committed to Christ. We would love to see you connected to others in a small group. And we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, 
uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people. But we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.